0: Hey y'all, welcome to Black and Binging, where we talk all things Black and woman-led in TV and film. We're your girls, Ronnie and Joy, and on today's episode, if you're Black, you should have binged Abbott Elementary. We're doing this today with some popcorn,
1: but also with our special guest, Maya Brown. hey y'all my name is maya um i used to be a teacher i know these lovely women from Rutgers university and i'm ready to get into the conversation
2: yes thank you for joining us we're so excited um and i think you are like the perfect person to have on to talk about all things abbott elementary as you know our girl quinta brunson is the creator of the show We know her from back in the day when viral videos first started popping off and she was like a large, yes, honey. She was getting her a large popcorn and then she moved over to Buzzfeed and she's worked with their studios and did a few like series with them, mockumentary style as well. Um, But I think just a quick few call outs that I wanted to give her is like kudos for this show um, before we dive deep is that I love how it's centered in Philly and she's showing like, inner city school systems. Um, Fun fact, I know in an interview she said that the children are like local students from the area. She didn't hire like like actors to play these roles. They're real life students and you're seeing their raw reactions to certain things. Um, And she also titled the show Abbott after one of her elementary school teachers that was super influential to her. So I just thought that was super dope. and we've seen mockumentary styles before, like one of my faves is The Office, and I feel like you either love it or hate that type of show, or like Parks and Recreation or Modern Family. But something I think that sticks out to this is that Abbott definitely, I think, has a well-rounded, diverse cast. Um, you see people of color and leadership roles. I think the comedy is a bit kinder versus like some things in The Office, if you played it today in 22, you like... Did they really just say that versus like hers is a bit more evergreen now. And another thing that stuck out to me that I read and I remember at least now we see why they're documenting all the staff at Abbott. We learned that from episode one that the principal says, hey, we're doing a documentary showcasing like this school versus the office. We never found out until the end of the series why we always had that like pan off to where michael scott was talking shit and then like in other shows like parks and rec and modern family we never knew the answer why so i think that was kind of dope that she's like taking that style of sitcom and like pushing the envelope forward
0: agreed definitely agree
2: how do you guys feel about the show so far like yay nay who's your favorite
0: character
1: i'll let my answer that Well, I love the show. I think it's very real um, to like the teacher experience, especially like I'm kind of like from the the South Jersey area. So I can't officially rep Camden, but like my family's from Camden. I taught in Camden, Um, but I currently like work within like the Philly realm too. So to me, it's very like, like I said, on brand, very realistic. Uh, My favorite character I don't know, I love them all. Like I relate the most to like Quinta, I would say, but I actually really love them all because I can picture having those same type of conversations and relationships with other coworkers that I've had in the past and currently.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't know who my favorite character is. I like um, Quinta's character, Janine. She's such a nerd. She's such a nerd. It's like so cringy to me sometimes. Like, how are you being this embarrassing? But it's so cute. But um, I like her character. And I guess my other favorite is definitely Ava because she's just like this crazy, I don't care. I'm just doing what I want. But like, then she has her moments where she's like, she actually is this cool teacher. She has her soft moments. We see that there. And she's not just, carefree whatever but I think um I like her the most
2: yeah I was gonna say like love hate with the principal Ava as well just because she also like made references to B and I'm like you know I'm beehive like that's gay um but I think my ultimate fave would have to be Tyler's character Gregory because that is just such like and old to like my childhood when I tell y'all I would go home every day after school and watch Everybody Hates Chris <laughs> and then 106 in Park right after so to see him again and like in this dope role and along other fellow Black castmates I'm just like you go boy. <laughs>
0: hey. And what's really cool too is um Barbara Howard's character Cheryl Lee Ralph she's actually a Rutgers alum Woo woo. So that, that was kind of cool to see. And then of course, Superintendent Collins, I love to see that he's back into something because we haven't seen him on screen really since Girlfriends, right? That's William from Girlfriends, right? Yeah, it is. I, I think it's dope that uh, they uh, she brought him back to screen. And we love the white boy too. Um, Mr. What's his name? Uh, Jacob. Oh, Jacob. Yeah, I love his character too. And um, I loved that funny moment which I've, see, I've been seeing clips on it on Twitter too, about when he brings in his boyfriend, his black boyfriend. <laughs> and then um, Ava's like, oh, black. He's like, oh, actually it's pronounced Zach. Like awkward <laughs> as hell, but it was so cute. And I was like, he would be that like liberal white boy teacher who has a black boyfriend. It was so cute, but all the characters are great. So <laughs> with that, uh, what would you say Um, Do you guys have any like memorable moments from elementary school like I think watching Abbott like you start thinking about like what was your experience in elementary school do you guys have any like favorite things that stuck out or that like Abbott
1: brought back to life when watching it. So when Janine's boyfriend came to do a performance and made me really think about like the D.A.R.E. program and how much of a joke that was like, I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that I went to school with, you know, dip, dipping in the family a little bit. Um, But, you know, no judgment. But I thought it was really funny. And I like how they kind of use like like well, I'm assuming that like they use that uh, the DARE program and like the DARE assemblies and all those things um, as kind of like a reference um, and then kind of like used it into like rap music. I thought that was really funny, Uh, but it definitely made me think about the assemblies in the gymnasium for sure.
2: Yeah, I think for me, not that I was like to that level of um, one of the transfer students, Courtney, who was first in Melissa's class, but then got transferred to Janine's class. Mm-hmm. And it was really because she was like too smart for her grade and they forgot to skip her. I was like a student that had been skipped, like skipped a grade before. So I was like, okay, but not that I was troubled, but I was always the person in elementary school that talked too much. And so my teachers always wrote that on my report cards. Some teachers even like, you know how we used to sit in groups of like four or six they would make me sit by myself because no matter who they sat me next to, I was talking to somebody.
0: <laughs> well, thank God you have a podcast now. Now you can talk all you want. Boom! There you have it. They tried to they tried to limit my skill set to hold you down, but look at you out here flourishing. Let them know. Send them the podcast link, sis. Seriously, what about you, Joy? Um. Uh- I didn't even think about that. I don't know, it brought up a lot of memories. I guess maybe like my favorite is like uh, watching Janine be like the step team. Because I remember being like a little kid and like you really have your teachers like teaching you dance routines to perform and then they're on the side and they're like doing it with you and you're like watching your teacher like, I can just only imagine like, I guess we won't experience until we're parents like watching your kid do that dumb shit on stage, but having to support them anyway. Like that's literally what I think now. Like, and I thought it was just like the best thing. Like I'm like, oh, I'm killing it. But I'm like, I know parents are just sitting there like I'm just here to support my kids. So I think that's what it brought up the most.
2: That's hilarious. And Maya, you have a unique experience because you've been a student but now you're in this role of an educator. And I was so curious because I thought that scene was so funny when all the staff was in the break room and they talked about like their favorite day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And here goes Janine, like Mondays are my favorite because I get to be all of you. (laughs) So like, what type of employee would you be? Like, what would your answer be to that? What
1: kind of teacher (laughs) are you? Like, give us the
0: details.
1: Four thirty, bag is on the shoulder. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. Kids is in the hallway. No, we got to go. I got places to be. I'm trying to get to the happy hour. Like, you know, I've been, you know, performing all day, like at, at a certain time is like, all right, enough is enough. I'm ready to like, you know, shut it down, get a glass of wine, go home. Um, definitely loved winter break, <laughs> spring break. The times I didn't work. Um, I was never like coming in on a Monday morning. I'm going to be very honest. I don't remember a time, at least within my first or second year of teaching, when I came to work on time. Can't can't give you time. I don't know. Um, So I did my job great, but I didn't want to be there all the time. So yeah. So then what's your favorite day of the week then? Friday. Mm, I'm lying. I'm going to say Thursday because Thursday you can still go out. And everything and it's like oh wow like it's the excitement of the weekend um and then Friday typically you know it's like you know movie day test day kind of like light um so you can still you know go out Thursday and still be capable to like do your job Friday um so definitely I would say Thursday for sure
2: yeah when my jobs if anybody asks me Friday hands down I'm like Bring me to the weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's always going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, not that it's, it's not I don't want to be here, but it's just I don't want to really be here. Like, <laughs> I get it. Um, so okay, I have a question for Maya. So what do you and this is like just random, what do you think about like being an educator or a teacher today and like being discovered on social media now that kids are like more active on social, like in like I mean. We're a little older, but, you know, we're all FBI agents. We can get on there and find literally anyone and anyone. Like, do you get nervous that your kids are going to find
1: your socials? Like, how do you have to go about that? So I remember I had this one kid um, who kept making fake Instagram accounts and trying to, like, add me. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is, that's honestly, that's been one of my biggest fears. One of the reasons why I never wanted to teach high school, because I'm like, I'm short, I'm young, I'm hip, I'm with it. I never wanted a kid to try me or like try to do anything that was inappropriate because like that to me, I think is just like I would just cry. Like I don't know how to, I don't know how to like deal with stuff like that. Um, so like I remember I went to like my school lead and I was like, hey, like I showed them, I'm like, look, this kid is trying to like, you know, trying to add me. Like I'm not, you know, with the stuff. Um, I've definitely. If anything, I wouldn't necessarily say the kids because I taught elementary school. So it would only be like, you know, the third and fourth graders that were a little bit older. It would be the parents. And I'd be like, hmm. Like, I've definitely had a parent like hit me up in my DMs. Like, oh, you know, thank you so much for being a great teacher. Can I take you out? And I'm like, whoa. Oh, that's your baby mom. Let's start there. Oh, (laughs) Second, absolutely not.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, teachers need love too. What's the problem? We do need love. Educators need, need love, love okay? too. Like, just because lots of kids. No, nah, not students. had them, kids. With your parents, with the parents. Like, uh, does anyone have a story about like a teacher that inspired you to um, be successful in life, or like kind of like inspired you to do what you're doing today?
1: I feel like I had the opposite. Like. Mm-hmm. I went to a lot of, like, public schools growing up, which was predominantly Black, Latinx, you know, people of color, but when I went to high school, I went to a predominantly white high school, and the people of color, you can count on your hands, very traumatic, like, I used to cry going to school every day, like, no lie, like, it was that bad, um, and being there, like, I remember I had this one history teacher, um, and we got to the one chapter about like, you know, black history, slavery, you know, it's only one chapter. They put it all into one. And he started off the lesson. I can't make this up, y'all. He was like, does anybody know who Jim Crow is? Maya? And I'm like, oh, I'm the only black person in this class. Like, here we go. Um, and I'm like, yes, I do. he was like, okay, great. Cause I don't, can you tell the class like who Jim Crow is? And I'm like, this is a real life. Not senior I year I don't. yes I'm like wow like this is actually really tragic so I feel like going through those instances I was like I want to be the complete opposite of the experiences that I had
2: no yeah absolutely that's traumatizing that, that kind of reminds me not to like deviate so much from the question but I always say like even at Rutgers I knew a little bit more but definitely now how like woke you would say i am or like we all are as a society the shit the students the teachers would say in high school if i had my knowledge now back then oh y'all would have been fired there was one teacher that would call us savages and it always was only the brown and black kids like you guys are a bunch of savages and we would let it rock like oh mr so-and-so he's just annoying but no, when you put that into context. You yeah.
0: know, people are sick. Like, yeah. we are truly sick. That is, and even just to say that to kids, like whether they're brown kids, black, like just to say that to kids, you guys are savages. Like, I think now we're just a lot more conscious of like how people speak to us, what words they're like pouring into our, our lives. And I think like us growing up, we're just like all of those experiences are why our generation is the way we are today. Like, and we don't want that for the generations behind us, but, yeah, that's, that's sick behavior. Um. Yeah,
2: I would say, though, overall, there's, like, I can't pick just one, like, standout teacher that helped, like, morph me or molded me to, like, be successful, but definitely, like, a couple from elementary school all the way up through high school. I feel like once us going to Rutgers University and it being actually no there was one professor at Rutgers Jack Ross so I would say but Mm -hmm. other than that like it got a little bit less personal in the higher education years but shout out to Science Park it is getting a bit whitewashed but during my time in the years prior it definitely did provide like a great education for Newark inner city students so I and shout it. out to, since we talking about AVID, shout out to Addington Elementary, another A elementary school.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I love it.
2: So Maya, something that I was really interested about, because I know for a lot of teachers, it was like a transition period from teaching in person to now having coming into the pandemic and having to acclimate to virtual schooling. Um... Janine was like so stuck on Gregory having like his classroom decorated um, because it showed what type of personality you you were and what kind of teacher you were. Were you like that when things were normal and in person? And if you were, did you try to keep that same um, like conscious behavior with like backdrops or like tone of voice or lesson plans when you had virtual lessons?
1: Yes. um, I was definitely that teacher. Like I had a door deck. Sometimes I had two different door decorations for like each type of holiday. Um, I remember my last decorations I had was Kobe Bryant because he had just passed and I had a march for it. I think it was like marching through women's history and it was like women's history month too. Um, I spent so much damn time on that door deck and it was only up for like two days before we shut down. I was so upset um but finishing out that year um i did not i'm not even going to hold you like it was very much so like these are your packets i'll check in with you once a week maybe but like at this point nobody knows what's going on
0: um
1: however after the end of 2021 like that well 2020 that school year i had switched schools Mm -hmm. Um, So I was teaching third grade and then I had went to go switch to first grade special education Mm -hmm. virtually. Um, Yes. And that was a lot. And this was my desk. But like I had some more like decorations. My class was um, in C.A.T. So shout out to all the Eddies out there. Um, You know, we had to do a little HBCU love. um, And I had like different like decorations and like posters and stuff. Um, Sometimes I would change my backdrop or like do just different things. something I would do is like change the cursor on my computer when I would share my screen so if it was like winter time I would have like a snowflake and different things like that um but in the classroom I had a very like nice calm easygoing type of environment a lot of like greens and neutrals rugs I had a nice little um couch area for my kids to like read next to the library oil diffusers because kids can get a little funky Mm -hmm. not gonna lie Sometimes it got a little funky in that classroom. Uh, so we had to keep the mint going, the peppermint all the time. Um, but other than that, it was like nice, cool, easy vibes and always had music playing. Whether if it was like Erica Badu or Amigos uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> instrumentals, we always you know, kept it real with some music too. I love that.
2: And then question for you, because I know it was probably like a whirlwind for the students, but also for the teachers. What did the school systems or like, even if it was just your principal do for like their staff at that time to support you guys and your needs? Because it was everyone's first time going
1: through this pandemic
2: or not at all.
1: <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say not at all. The first school, um, it was not existent. Like even prior, pre-pandemic, like that school leadership, the principal, hot mess that school needs to close, that principal, even worse. And I hope she's watching this. You're, you're a terrible person, lady, and she knows what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. But um, but yes, she, there was no support there. Um, When it came to my second school, I felt like it was too much support where it became like micromanaging, Um, where they would like give us like our PowerPoints and like different things, but it was almost like, we want you to do it this way and I'm like yo like I'm sorry that's not meeting my kids needs so I'm not gonna do that um so I felt oftentimes I was kind of like pointed out as the angry black girl in a sense because I didn't talk much like you know I would sit back in meetings and stuff do as I I was I was told but when I did speak up it was because something ain't right um so I guess that kept happening more often it was always like oh like you had um a problem in today's meeting like you know do you want to talk about it I'm like no that's honestly that that's just my face like I don't know what else to tell you um but it became repetitive um and it became very repetitive to only the black staff on my team so the lack of support was very very uh challenging to say the least wow I
2: um... I don't know, like stuff like that just bothers me because it's like teachers do so much for students and some more than others. Like they can be second parents or the only parent that a child, a parent figure that a child knows. So here that the higher ups don't have you guys backs like 110%, whether it's like emotionally, financially, whatever the case may be, that's kind of upsetting. Um, and I think something that we saw as like a recurring theme on Abbott from episode one was the lack of funds for their school when uh, Janine was trying to get carpets and later down the line, they had made like TikToks to kind of like get like GoFundMe donations for their wish Um How do you feel like the funding for like public school systems are? Do you think it needs like a fix or?
1: Well, it depends. It depends on where you're at. Uh, if you're in a predominantly white area, if you're in like a high income area, the taxes go to the school, they do what they're supposed to, and the school is thriving. Now, if not, then absolutely not, especially with um, a lot of like charter schools and like Renaissance schools, um, they technically still get money from the government and from the state, um, because technically it's still a public school. So Something that I used to face um, in my first year teaching was that these students will have, some students will have learning disabilities and students with learning disabilities, they get resources and those resources cost money. So the state is paying not only for their education, but they're paying for the additional resources, but none of the resources are actually getting to the kids. So where is that money going? So a lot of times it's not necessarily the lack of funding, it's the lack of the management of the funding in these schools. Um, and it was so interesting with watching that episode on Abbott when they were doing that because like that's a real thing. Um, like there's a website called Donors Choose where basically it's a bunch of like rich white people. It's a bunch of like rich people who are just trying to like you know get some get some credit off their taxes or something, and you have to like basically plead your case on like how poor your your kids are or how much you need these things and yes, it's nice. Cause like, I ended up getting a free, like $400 rug. I got like all a bunch of things, but it's, I still felt like I was kind of like, was, I don't want to say pimping out, but like kind of like, you know, painting this picture, like, oh, we're so much in need. And I would go to my principal, like, Hey, we need notebooks. Hey, we need this. We need that. And her response would be well, did you put it on donors choose first? Because unless you put it on there, we're not paying for anything. So, like pencils, they didn't give me no pencils. They didn't give me no tissues. They didn't give me any of those things. Like either I was buying it out of my own pocket, um, somebody was either donating it, or I had to put it onto donors choose. And my a teacher's salary is already not that much money, so um, that was real. Like I feel like a lot. Again, a lot of things that you're watching on Abit are like very real including Ava and her lack of leadership there are plenty of principles like my first principal, that are just like that or even worse to be honest I think like I feel like we know about these things we hear about them you kind
0: of just kind of know that there's disparities but when you think about how important education is you would think that something would be done about that like for the kids for the teachers like it's just like why do we treat teaching and like education like it's low class like that's literally that what you're pouring into like that generation and those kids is what this country becomes like I feel like from adolescence when you're in elementary school all the way up to when you're going to a university like education is literally like secondhand stuff for the people when it's literally what will make your people the best people like it really makes no sense and it's I it's just unfortunate to hear all of that but no Maya that is like utterly
2: devastating to hear and joy um definitely agree with you that it's like shameful especially for a country like the United States where one of the leading countries in the world and we pride ourselves on, like, everyone being able to have access, access to education um, all the way up to higher ed. And yet we're not giving the support to the people in the education system that make it happen for the next thought leaders of today. Um, and that's kind of... Uh, taking me back to something that Barbara, one of the older teachers at Abbott had said to Janine, and I really want to get your take on this Maya and whether you agree or disagree or, and how you're working through it currently. Um, something was going on with funding again um, and Barbara kind of just stepped to Janine and said like, you need to just work with what you have. So I wanted to know for you, are you the type of teacher that just works with what you have or do you feel like you should, uh, in addition to educating your students, work for change in the school system so you and people that come behind you have it better?
1: I think it's a little bit of both because I feel like if you get caught up in the let's make change, then you kind of like miss the current present aspect of the kids that you have right in front of you. And change that never happens overnight. It takes years upon years, upon months, whatever. Um, So it's really important to kind of like like I said, work with what you have, but also push the needle for years to come. Uh, So that was something that was like really important to me with anything that I did. So if I thought that the lesson was jacked up, I may make some minor changes now, because the the students still need to learn whatever it is, whatever the context is. But whoever made that lesson, I'm making a meeting with them. And we're going to talk about like, what we're going to do next year, because we're not doing this lesson again. Um, So I feel like it's a I feel like neither was right or wrong um and it's important not to have like polar extremes with being in the classroom because so many things are constantly like just moving and changing
2: yeah um and i love that you bring that up because i think barbara and janine are the two polar extremes and you kind of see that and throughout this throughout this first season of like janine being fixated on the lights okay now you just knocked the power out of the whole school when you could have just been teaching your lesson to your point, or like uh, Barbara, maybe not so much willing to change. Okay, now you fixing um, rigging the tablets, and they think your students on the fourth
1: grade reader level. <laughs> reading level. Um, reading, becoming Obama. I was crying at that <laughs> point. That
0: was so funny. That was so funny. That grade was like. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> <trying to think. laughs>
1: yeah, Ava was, Ava was out of pocket for that Ava one.
0: Ava was like, you owe me an audio, Audible subscription. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, wow. Yo,
2: she got Ava got that job, and she is just chilling back,
0: cooling. Like, <laughs> right. She's <was> but- <laughs> not there. And then to find out how she got the job too, that she caught the superintendent cheating. I'm like, this is so annoying. Because I'm sure people really get jobs off some dumb shit like that. You got these kids' futures in your hands, and you talk about you caught the superintendent cheating. Like, what? But it's the way she says it
2: so nonchalant. It tells everybody about it. I'm like, damn, sis got some
0: cojones on her. Like, yeah, I got him in my pocket.
2: But I will say she was coming around toward like towards the ending now of season one. And I think it was like a great like co-leadership between her and Janine when they did the step team. Yes. Um, and I just I don't know, for me, I feel like especially for kids in the inner city, when there is so much negativity that they can like get their hands into once it's 305, that's when school ended for me back in the day. That, like, we need them in sports, we need them in cheer, we need them in dance, we need them in debate, we need them in chess, bowling, track, whatever the hell it is to keep their minds occupied. And I don't, maybe that's just me coming from an inner city, but make and fund us for that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, we need funding for that too. All but there. I feel like, honestly, I feel like programs like that are a little bit more easier to get funding for because you can like write grants and there's so many like people celebrities out here that like really want to support like the arts and sports and stuff like that but nobody is actually supporting the academic side of things um so yeah i don't know i feel like i mean you have to like know somebody or like know where to get the money but all it takes is a couple essays or a couple like grant writings to get programs like that funded Mm-hmm. um but the textbook part now that's the conversation
0: yeah wow the fact that that's even like a question or like that people that teachers have issues getting textbooks the whole thing about teaching kids like that makes no sense but hey okay, welcome to america q this is america by donald glover right now
2: seriously insert that <laughs> um That is like, I don't, I'm trying to think how you deal. I've had difficult jobs, but I think me being in corporate American, Joy, if you feel the same way, chime in, like, I kind of expect the bullshit, but like we were saying before, for something like so fundamental that they want every person to have in America as education, you would think it would be put together, whether you're in private, public, charter, wherever you choose, like, you should care about the students in their education and who's providing them that education. Like, who is your support? Who is your current support system? Like, I know the break room is like a well like highlighted thing within Abbott. And you see like they have conversations between work friends and friends, friends. Like, do you have friends, friends at your current school? Like, who do you talk shit with?
1: Who do you decompress with? I feel like, well, so currently I private tutor, but I do recruitment for teachers right now. Um, so I'm kind of not corporate, but like nonprofit. I call myself the nonprofit baddie. Um, so I'm in that realm right now, but I do have like some friends, um, and we always be chatting up through Slack, uh, especially in the meetings. We definitely got called out in a meeting for that one time, but you know, we kept it moving. Um, uh, but I can ap- really appreciate my boss. Um, She identifies as like a white um, woman, but on my team, there's like, I think 10 of us and out of 10, five of us are black. So yes, we are in here making moves and like, they're really, really cool. Like I be chopping it up. There's, well, one of them is another black woman. We be chopping it up all the time, (laughs) talking about any and everything. Um, And then like the others are like black men. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I have not had such supportive Black men in my life ever. These Black men, I hope that they're watching this because like, they're absolutely amazing. They call me queen all the time. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Call them king. Um, And again, like still be chopping it up, still do all the things. Um, So I can definitely appreciate that uh, because the, the nature of my job is kind of virtual we don't get the chance to see each other that often but when we do we get lit like I I mean we be in the streets and having fun and being at you know hungover at work the next day and I'm I know that's
0: there. right it. so <laughs> because teachers deserve to have fun too like sure I feel like Listening. sometimes people just think teachers are like this Separate category, and you're just supposed to like. You guys already do so much, and you hold such an important role in this world. Like, y'all deserve the love, the praise, the late nights, all that stuff because you guys literally. I think you guys have the hardest job in
1: all of the world. Seriously, I'm gonna tell you, most of your elementary teachers, they probably smoked weed, they definitely drank, uh they probably did some other things too. Okay, teachers know how to party. I feel like they party the most out of like any type of it's giving like wolf on wall street but like teacher edition ike
0: i would love to see a show on that you just gave me an idea i'm not gonna lie but that would be fire like the yo make it happen joy the secret lives of educators like some shit like that yeah, it's a real awesome. secret life for sure
2: I'm going to say his name, one I'm thinking about now that I'm sh- pretty sure Mr. Moore, because he would already talk about bartending in college. So I know he probably went home and got to mix in his own little Drake. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Morin. He's one of my faves. Um, we're not doing any other names, but so many teachers I love. i talked a lot, but I got good grades, y'all. So don't Thank
0: let that me. you. And Same you know here. Me, in middle school, I like went to an all-girls school for two years. And they were like, Oh, if yeah, I sure did. My mom put me in <laughs> all girls school for my first like middle school. And you were bad. I wasn't. It was a really good prep school. Like it was a really like, you know, we had to wear skirts and blazers. I loved that school. It was really, it was amazing. It's the reason I, like the I love to read and all that stuff. It was a dope school. But they like say when you separate the girls from the boys, they have less distractions. All we did was talk all damn day yeah yeah cha yeah. cha cha chat, chat and all what, what were we talking about boys like so it was just so funny that they think like you know if you separate the kids like it makes them more focused and whatever we were still talking about boys and we were still talking all damn day so that, was, that just made me think of that
2: yeah and like now I'm, I'm that's great and now I'm thinking of like horrible situations like not to me personally we, But I know my youngest sister one time, she like it wasn't all girls school, but she was the only one out of the three of us who did Catholic school for the early elementary school grades. And it broke my heart. I think it broke my dad's heart. And he was also frustrated that that just made us later to work. But, you know, we were girls, girls. We still are. And we had got our nails done over the weekend came Monday she was hollering saying that she could not go to school with nail polish on or else she would get in trouble and she made my dad drive her all the way back home and it's like where's the line and you being in the school system face to face with kids Maya now virtual recruiting having your own tutoring services like taking the good, the bad, and the ugly, what would you say is, like, your one, if you had one wish, like, what would it be to better the education system?
1: My wish would be for parents to understand that they really hold a lot of the power, and I don't think that they realize, well, at least a lot of the parents that I have encountered with didn't really realize that they really held all the power, like, they would complain about certain things, and I'm like, if y'all get together and go to the principal, they will make a change. They're not listening to us. Like they could care less about the employees, but the parents really hold all the power. Even as much as I hate this bill, I think this bill kind of like speaks to it in terms of like the don't say gay bill, because the only way for like teachers to get in trouble for that is if parents can complain, like the parents have to go complain and then the school can get sued and then all those things. But again, it falls onto the parents. And I think us being black and brown, sometimes we may not fully understand that like we actually have a lot of power. Um, and I really wish that like, I could like scream that from the rooftops to tell parents like, hey, like you are seen, you are valued and make your voice known, like get together, have wine, have go get coffee, whatever, stand outside of the school, have conversations with other parents to actually make some active change because I don't think active change is going to happen unless parents are all on the same board. Oh I
0: love that because that's a perspective like I haven't heard and like even if I'm thinking about the education system I'm not thinking yeah it's the parent's power but like it is the parent's power and I I seriously love that um perspective on that and I hope the parents hear this like I wish I could just be like, "Here, parents listen to Maya Brown she's telling me what we need to do to fix the school system hello hello please listen because
2: it's important no that's definitely fast and I'm thinking back to like some of my like elementary and high school experiences and like like the extreme that happened in the schools shit changed essentially when the parents rallied together but I guess it's like rallying together when change is needed but also kind of like what Abbott was highlighting in the show like come to the parent teacher conferences come the report card night join the PTO like and my my mom like she was one of the more involved parents and like yes it was kind of like annoying because I felt like embarrassed but my mom overall is cool so it wasn't like too embarrassing but to your point like it's for the betterment of every student that's attending that school and who's to come. So I definitely want to give you your flowers now. Um, Once an educator, always an educator. Um, My grandfather who passed was a phys ed teacher and his brothers were also in the North Public Schools education system. So my grandmother on my dad's side, she was a special needs um, educator. So you guys have my heart and we just thank you so much for all that
1: you do. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, it sounds like education runs in your blood. So, <laughs> I'm gonna come over to this side, let me know. Right, <laughs> I love it. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you, Maya, so much for taking the time to be on our podcast. You are greatly appreciated. Thank you. I'm yeah. so
1: honored with being with other beautiful, badass Black women. And that's one period. Okay. Period.
2: Love that. And we thank you all for rocking with us, listening to us, watching us on YouTube for these past 10 episodes of Black and Binging. Joy, my lovely co-host, I could cry right now because we came up with this crazy idea and we made it happen. We said we wanted to do an old The Black History Month and drop episodes every week in February that oh. almost ripped our hair out. But we made it through and we will be back soon with season two, bigger and better than ever. So we can't wait for you guys to join us further along this ride.
0: Thank you guys guys. for watching.